Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and NBs, to another episode of Second Stream. It is our final, final, final Jeweler Richard podcast, where one last time we get to lean to the mic, clap our hands, and say, good for you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I am the subtle doctor, uh, and along with me as is the norm is my partner in crime here the best working man in pod business the hardest working man i should say uh shadon good evening ladies gentlemen mbs hope you're all doing well feels man we've had a week like of seeing off some good shows like we've seen our azakin which was phenomenal and now we're seeing our jeweler richard which i'll come out and say was not as good as azakin but well that's that's a high bar a to high clear bar. for a lot of material in general but I do have to say that for this final episode, we got Jeweler Richard. It felt to me like it was back in the, you know, back in the zone. Back yes. at the back at the peak of when it was, like, really hitting home. And I mean that in the sense, like, it felt a lot like the Aesop episodes we had earlier in the show's run. But now, of course, it was about Segi in particular rather than some random who walked through the shop door. Um, so, yeah, I was very impressed with this episode. It was very personal to me as well for reasons I'll explain in a bit. But I think that for uh, as much as I've heard that people want to see more out of the adaptation, which I don't disagree with, by the way, I am very much aware that there are a lot of things that have been cut or truncated. I think that in terms of what we got, this was a fine way to end the show. Um, But I'll again elaborate on that later. Yeah, so uh, if you don't know, by the way, if you're tuning in just for this, this is our second stream podcast format where we dispense with the summarizing and just get straight to our thoughts on the episode. Um, and this is going to go out to patrons first. If you would like to become a Watery Desho patron, you can head to patreon.com slash Uh and all the info is there for you. So um, did we get any... We, we like to start this off with patron questions. Did we have any Patreon questions this week? We did. Beautiful, beautiful. I have them here, Hit so I'll start reading them out then. Hit me up. All right, uh, so the first one comes from OKK, who I want to give a quick shout out before we begin, by the way, for contributing so much to the discussion around Jill Rich and also helping fill in the gaps in terms of what was lost from the novelization, or rather novels, I mean to say, sorry, uh, to the anime in of itself. So thank you very much for that, Kay. Um, we wouldn't... Me and Doc wouldn't have even half the understanding we do about the show, about your additions. Um, so thank you I don't you even think that. we'd be... We probably wouldn't be doing the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's also that. M- months before it, like, was even on my radar, Kay was, like, banging the drum for these Jeweler Richard novels. And then, oh, there's an anime adaptation coming. And then, <laughs> yeah, so sort of he was the tip of the sphere on getting this getting this happening and i am really really happy i watched it because it has given me so many good memories and good feelings on the whole um mixed feelings though i have about certain parts of it i think on balance it's been really great yeah i would agree and i do feel that i probably wouldn't have actually checked this show out had had that not been the case I don't know. I just, I just feel like you know. Again, I'm glad that our patrons pushed us to cover something that would have been a bit outside of our regular comfort zone, like we're given. So, uh, thank you to Kay and thank you to everyone who voted for us to cover this. I really, really appreciate. Okay, so question time then from Kay. Um, I'm going to bridge this because there's quite a lot of text here and come down to what I think is the core question, which goes something a bit like this: 
what is your general opinion on the idea of extra content that's not in the base work? So, for example, the game, the manga, etc., that holds important lore that actually does have an impact on future understanding. So I think uh, Kay here is mentioning this in context of Jewel Richard having things like drama CDs, for example, that are going to be coming out. Um, these are going to be mm. after the finale, which, yeah. Um, so they're going to ha- like cover all the remaining material, I believe. Right. My general rule for the longest time has always been you don't get credit for what's not in the work. Simple as that. Because there's a couple of practical reasons for that. The first of which is let's say that I'm some random schmuck who's never heard of Jewel Rich before, but chances on it watching it on Crunchyroll. Maybe I randomed on it, you know, through the random features on there. There's going to be no signposting to the fact that there is extra material in the novels or the drama CDs out there. I may very well never know about it but I'll watch the entire show. So, in a purely practical sense, a work must be self-contained because there's a very good chance that the layman who comes into contact with it may not be aware that there is additional material out there to consume anyway. They might not necessarily have their interest peaked enough to practically go seek it, or maybe they liked it a lot, but just simply don't go looking for it anyway. That can happen. Um, mm-hmm. The second one, and uh, this is something, again, that I just find is a good principle, which is that It is on a a work or a show to, you know, be cohesive and have all the necessary material needs to both make sense and to be engaging. I think, for example, of, say, um, the first Star Trek reboot film, which had a plot hole that you could pilot a jumbo jet through, um, which I'll not bore you with the context of, (laughs) but that was actually accounted for in a a tying comic book. But... I'm sorry, but there's no reason that particular like plot point couldn't have been put in the film proper, you know? So, there's that. However, um, there are exceptions to this. Um, the one that comes to mind is, of course, uh, my favourite show of all time, Mario Penguin Drum, because I think that I would have got far less out of it had I not read Haruki Murakami's Underground beforehand, which was an accounting of the Tokyo sarin gas attacks from 1995, of which the show is based on those as like a, a starting point for all of the events that follow. Um, I think the key difference, though, between that and elsewhere is that because Penguin Drum is so tightly woven into the fabric of Japanese history around that event, that there is no escaping needing knowledge for it. Um, Indeed, it's one of those works I think was produced not necessarily with any sort of Western audience in mind. Oh, nay, that's fine, you know, not everything should be made for us. So I think where historical context in the real world is relevant and important, um, that's when I relax that rule. That's when I think that it would be worthwhile for someone to seek that out uh, outside of the work proper and if the work doesn't necessarily go into laborious detail about that that in turn is fine when it's a fictional work though entirely encapsulated within itself and its own little like canon of a uh, bubble of canon if you will uh then yeah. i don't mind works being expansionist in nature where they go off into side stories that you don't really need to understand but like they're treats you know like they're like a extra side order with your main meal um then I'm okay with those. But where there's, you know, they're compensating for absent material or points that really should have been the main body of work proper, um, I don't excuse that. Simple as. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I think I, how do I feel about this? Because 
it sort of does vary case to case with me. Um, although, th- so, and what, what this makes me think of, you know, you mentioned like the drama CDs, um, you know, c- kind of carrying on uh, anime story or whatever, um, or or not like well, so do the drama CDs like? Correct me if I'm wrong, or, or like, do they pick up where the anime is leaving off? Uh, I think so. I could okay. be. I could be wrong. Um, if they are, if it is the case that they are indeed picking up where they left off, uh, where the anime left off, that is. I'm kind of sort of okay with some funny enough. You and I were actually discussing this in relation to Half Life Alex and how you know, oh, this is in a new uh, domain which people may not be able to access for various reasons. Uh, and in the drama CD case, I think that the odds are likely will not get uh, you know an adaptation of that anytime soon, either because it's not cost effective or so, because of obvious reasons right now. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I'll call that disappointing if that's the case that that's the way we're going to get this extra material rather than than there being a second season. Um, But I think that my disappointment at that is a little muted by the fact that, well, you know what? Okay, there are additional material that follows uh, chronologically after the events of the show. So I'm kind of okay with that because I'm still happy with where the show ended off overall. If it were the case that, you know, oh, listen to this audio CD to get a proper understanding of Segi's relationship with his biological father, uh, then I would be more pissed off. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is the key uh, difference is, like, can you have a kind of uh, complete work without... Uh, at the extraneous materials without going into different mediums like in some works you can right um mm-hmm. in some works you very much can't like the example i tried out all the time heroic legend of arslan this movie's really good i like those ovas a bunch but they just stop and it's very much like well if you want to read more do the manga and as as much as i love berserk uh 1997 it's sort of guilty at the same thing in the end. Uh, amazing though it is throughout its run, it just kind of stops. And if you want to pick up the story, uh, then then you just have to go buy some more some more shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think of uh, Get a Robo Armageddon when this comes up always because um, it's probably my favorite slice of Get a Robo anything. Maybe the manga, but I just I really like Armageddon, the the anime OAV a lot. But like, the first time I watched it, and I think the first time anyone watches it, it's a little confusing at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, why are they not taking the time to introduce things properly? Well, this anime <laughs> is part of continuity that began in a radio drama. Jeez, <laughs> so, I mean, radio no less as well. Holy yes. shit. Yeah, like it's like a radio play that I think you could get on CD or whatever, like called Moon Wars, Get a Robo. Um, and like technically Armageddon was a prequel to it, so you didn't like have to. But like, you know, the real like f- most fulfilling way to experience that was to be familiar with this radio drama, So, which I will never obtain. So there will always be, I guess, some of these details in that that are um, 
that don't impact me as much. But getting back to Jeweler Richard, um, I yeah, I mean, I'm okay with those um, audio CDs if they are like, if if they're not recontextualizing what has happened in the anime. You know what I mean? Well, like if they are, if they're adding new stuff on top of it, or like you said, picking up where where it left off chronologically, that seems like way less um, egregious than off. Oh, if you really want to know what's up with this one character that you saw in you know as a background character or one one episode, check check out these discs. <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, I've just read uh, one of Kay's paragraphs here. And it goes something a bit like this. So, after the finale aired, they announced six drama CDs are due to come out later this year, which will cover six of the cases we didn't get in the anime. Um, these cases, Kay says, are pretty vital in terms of Seiji and Richard's growth, both as individuals and in terms of their relationship. So, in their words, it's not just fluffy little side drama CDs that are wholly inconsequential. I guess I it depends, right? Like, I mean, is it enhancing what's already there because like you could have growth that is just sort of underscoring what we've already got um yeah without being new yeah sorry go ahead uh well i think the way i see it is this like i think that as someone who has not seen sorry not read the novelization um yeah why do i keep saying novelization like it's been adapted after the fact (laughs) have you been reading about like a star wars novelization or something i don't know i just i just seem to have it on my mind i think my brain's turned to mush uh, anyway uh, no what i mean to say is um having not read the novel i only have the experience of the anime and i was happy with what i got but i get the feeling that if i was going to it from having you know read the novel in its entirety and seeing what's absent and how it could have been so much better as a result then that's why i feel like you know uh, that this drama CD thing being necessary to get a better handle on their relationship um, would be, you know, would be um, disappointing, uh, would be deeply annoying. I'm okay with it. I think that I was happy with how the relationship was presented between the two for the most part. Um, but again, like I'm speaking from some, as someone who's not read the novel. So I think, again, it's also going to depend on your mileage may vary. The irony being is that, you know, by going from the novel to the anime, um, it already is kind of supplementary material in of itself, if you think of it that way, you know, this is, because uh, it's an adaptation, it kind of circles around that way. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't come off as like a cheap sort of just an ad for the novels. Like it's, it really does seem like it tried to be a, like you'll have a good fulfilling time if you watch this show you know what i mean and not like mm, well if you like this then come on down to the manga mart and buy these novels <laughs> is that person also firing off two revolvers while saying that <laughs> yeah i'm in japan for some reason <laughs> gotta sell me some hardcovers make me some money <laughs> i heard this is where the all the money was in this mangue. Oh my for god! Your consumption, ethical consumption of manga. You know, people who speak like that can't spell the word ethical. Dog, come on! Oh, now, now, let's uh, let's refrain from painting with a broad brush. <laughs> You're making the brush. accent, though. You already are painting with a broad brush. <laughs> Besides, the rednecks. 
Who cares? They don't have the internet to listen to this anyway. So, uh, next question. <laughs> next question then. Uh, this These come from Kate Rose. Um, first question. Do you think Sagi had it in him to stab his birth father? Ooh, wow. Woo! That's... That's that, man. man, just bringing the heat. Like, no warm-up. No, like, just like... The 98-mile-an-hour fastball. I've been poached like an egg from that. All right. I've thought about this, having read this question before. And I'm going to say yes with an asterisk, which goes something like this. One thing I have to really credit this episode for is how it conveys the sense that Seiji genuinely feels threatened. First off, it's his father's own behavior, like the fact that he's literally stalking him, you know, turning up places, just that kind of awful behavior. But on top of that like Seiji takes great pains to continually bolt his like apartment door and such also keep his phone turned off as well like the anime does do a good job of showing that he feels very backed into a corner by this yeah so I think that's well handled here and I think that had this situation continued where his father continued to take more and more drastic measures um I mean let's say for example Seiji came back to his apartment and found his father just sitting in his on his sofa drinking a cup of tea you know, he he let himself in somehow. He broke in, like, you know, by picking the lock, smashing a window, you name it. I I think that there would have been a point in which, say, he would have been pushed to do something. Uh, maybe not in the exact same context as seen in that um, dream sequence, we'll call it. But I think that he felt very, very threatened. And I think that a lot of us... Um, much as we always say otherwise, would, you know, feel compelled to take some kind of physical action towards someone who just will not back the fuck off like his dad did. So I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say that's no slight against him, as Richard rightly notes, because I think a lot of us in similar circumstances, if pushed so far, would feel compelled to try and do something if we felt physically capable of doing so. That doesn't excuse it, by the way, or justify it. You shouldn't stab people. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know that's a crazy hot take here. You know, please, please don't do the stabby stabby folks. You know, worry that shows life lessons here. Um, but I think that as far as his behaviors goes, like I would understand if it came to the point where he did, where he felt they had no other choice. Yeah, I think like you said, this episode did this amazing job at really illustrating that in Segi's mind, like, he was trapped. You know, there he was running out of options. And it kind of felt like a horror movie at times, or at least a thriller. Like, he really did not feel... And we can get into, like, the emotional side of it um, in a bit. I'm, I'm sure we will. But, like, he did not feel that he could involve other people. And so, kind of dealing with it on his own, and this fucker just keeps appearing, like, stalking him everywhere. And like just increasingly uh, is is like making him feel like his his whole exit. Like it's like he feels claustrophobic in his own life, which no one should feel that way. And like he's, he's a, a, a kind of cornered animal. And eventually I think he will. I think it's different saying like the phrase like does he have it in him? Like under normal circumstances, like I, I don't think so, but but you, as you rightly point out, I mean, he uh, 
it, it, this he's being pushed so far and like there's so much stress and anxiety he's not sleeping he's like very afraid um and he clearly has like a lot of almost like this PTSD associated with his dad in certain kind of contexts, like certain things his dad says or kind of certain uh, of like ways that they're aligned when they're talking to each other or kind of the like, you know, like I noticed like the way that they were like kind of standing face to face. And then his dad would say something. It will be like, you could see like this look flash across his face. Like, Oh, it's like, he's a kid again hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. he's like trapped in that, in that space. And I mean, so I think given all of that, I, I totally think at some point, as you say, it's, I think it's, it's really reasonable to assume that he would have. And I think, <laughs> I think, oh boy, uh, if he were tried in America, he, he would not get convicted of murder. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh man i mean if if this dude's just stalking you like i don't know i'm i don't know i think he he would get off with a pretty light punishment all things considered ringing you from an unknown withheld number no less i mean how the fuck he got Sagi's number in the first place i don't know that's not me criticizing his applause by the way i just like how the fuck did he pull that off and then like going out of his way to make sure he can't be traced i mean i know this this fucking guy honestly what a what a douche! The only God, like what a tool. The, I was so disappointed that um, say say his actual dad because I think we should make a distinction between that you yep. know mm-hmm. uh, say his actual father did not deck him. I would have cheered. I would have jumped out of my seat and gone hell yeah, take that you I motherfucker! <laughs> I was already like out of my seat in that that scene. I mean, just thank God for Richard, right? And what a what, the absolute boy. I mean, what what a what a hero! Like everything about him this episode, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Like you go, uh, and I can't pronounce your full name, but I would if I could. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing uh, the mighty work of the Lord right here for your buddy, uh, your friend. You're more than friend. <laughs> <laughs> Good for what you. a guy. Good for you. Uh, um, all right, so next question. Was there any real possibility he could have ended up like his birth father at this point in his life going forward? No, I don't think so. I, I think I think that in the moment where he's about to yell at Tanimoso, um, like, and he stops himself, I think there's, well, there's a couple of things to dissect from that, firstly. I think the first off is that um, he does stop himself. He recognizes the similarities. Like personal talk time here. Like I once actually threatened to kick uh, a guy's head in because he was someone I lived with because he kept leaving the front door open. And when I was screaming at him, I was actually reminded of that moment uh, that I was sounding like my mother, uh, who I am estranged from. Um, yeah, this episode was uh, the Venn diagram of how much overlap with my own experiences was a touch a little uncomfortable. It was starting Children to look a little. Can't cut ties with their parents. I mean, between you and me, Doc, I think we were both holding a <laughs> boat. Like, I gave him the twins, the, you know, the double middle finger. Yeah. For the, you know, I was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Like, hey, watch me, fool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and I had, so that moment happened, of course, and um, 
I've reconciled with the guy now, and I didn't do anything, of course, as a result. I stopped myself, but the reason I did was because I recognised the moment how much I sounded, and that was acting like uh, a parent that I had cut ties with because of that same behaviour they had exercised against me. Um, but I think the second thing is also the difference in context. Now, I will grant we don't have a massive amount of like uh, flashback material and actual direct looks at what happened um, between Seiji and his father, beyond the you know the fact that he was obviously hitting his mother. Um, but there's no like when it comes to domestic abuse, just to be clear, like you know there is no good reason, or even about there is no reason period for that kind of act against an, uh, someone else, be it if you're a man or a woman. Whereas Seiji here, like yelling at Tanimoto, he was under stress. Now I'm not saying he was going to hit or anything like that, but the context is different. So I think that in terms of ending up like his birth father, like, no, because he stops himself, but also no, because he's seeing a parallel in how he reacts, but there is no parallel in what drives him to do it. Mm. Which I think is key here. Um, I think that it's not an unreasonable concern to not want to end up like your, uh, you know, toxic parents if they are coming back into your life. Um, you know, you don't want to be like them. It's going to be a conscious thought on everyone's minds. It's certainly been one on mine. Um but no, I think that because he stopped and checked himself, which, by the way, that's a key of great drama there, that people are allowed to make mistakes, uh, but realise, oh God, I, I'm about to fuck up, or I have fucked up and I need to make amends, which is one of the strengths of this show. It's not, you know, going to pussyfoot around the fact, that, oh, the, this character's a virtuous flower child, like Seiji, the, <laughs> the, the, the kid of justice, you know, he's great. Justice, yeah. yeah, the hero of justice, you know. Busser wouldn't melt on him, he's just so perfect. no. He's, he's a flawed individual. But, shocking news moment for you here. Stop the presses. We're going straight to, you know, the uh, the core room here to get the, the hot deets. Everyone's flawed. Everyone makes mistakes. I don't care if you're a fucking Franciscan monk who hasn't, like, had contact with another human for, like, 30 years. You will make mistakes, you know. You're not, like, you know, completely pure and wholesome. No one is. I'm certainly not. And the fact that Julia Richard acknowledges that through a character who otherwise could in theory be presented as very close to white knighting, if I want to make some uh, big air quotes around that, um, I think that is definitely a testament to the quality of its writing and also its willingness to not disrespect the audience by presenting some personality-free, you know, dickhead who no one challenges or calls out. So, yeah, I don't think he would have done. I think that he was just checking himself, which is good. You say when butter wouldn't melt on him, but when he, uh, after he's taken uh, his exams and he comes to the office, <laughs> he's pretty smoking in that, in that fancy suit. It would have, uh, pulled back. it would have completely ruined his suit though, to be fair. So it's probably good that he didn't apply any busser. It is good. It is good. Uh, I mean, so on this question, I think like that. If you have been raised uh, or been around for a long time, um, an abuser, then it's hard to like, I mean, there's a reason that stuff is cyclical, right? Because Mm. those behaviors kind of get imprinted on you. And even if you have like, I think, tried really hard to distance yourself from that, it might like come out in little ways. You know, you might catch yourself saying something or responding to a situation and you'd be like, man, I've turned into my dad or, you Mm. know, oh, I sound just like my mother. Um, 
Uh, and this is, you know, happening in this case when Segi is under a whole lot of pressure and stress. But like you said, I mean, he wants to be better. And I think that in and of itself distinguishes him from his birth father, uh, that like he actually cares about changing and he wants to be a better person and treat people better. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that he was in, in danger of becoming that. I think, unfortunately, I think he might've taken some real drastic action. I mean, cause he said before that like, um, you know, Hey dad, have you ever thought about dying? Cause I thought about, you know, doing a murder suicide and she's like oh my god (laughs) like i think i mean if he did not have people in his life to like that cared about him and that could help him through this i mean who knows like he did horrible things might have you know some some real self-harm or even worse might have been done if he felt like he's becoming his dad for real but but i just don't think that he that he would have i think he's so much better of of a man uh of a human and he's got like a great support structure um, in his life. And so I don't think any real danger uh, of that happening existed, you know, but I mean, I think it's very natural for him to feel the way he felt about it though. And think, you know, Oh, I am, I'm doing it. But like, I'm going to talk about with other things in this episode, you know, you, you do, if you have a support structure, if you have other people, like to check you and tell you like you are or you aren't um that can be such a such a great benefit because you can ask like someone to be honest with you like hey like am i am i turning into my my father here like am Mm. i am i really like this and they're there to be like well actually yes (laughs) or in segi's case you know no man no like you're here here are the ways that I look at him and here are the ways I look at you and how, and how you're different. Um, and that's why we need, that's why we need other people, man. If we were all stuck in our own heads without mm-hmm. feedback from other people, it would, it'd be terrible. <laughs> it would really suck. Yeah. Um, I do think it's noteworthy also why, um, say he quits Latrange because he says to himself, like, you know, I, I felt disappointed. Like, and, I felt that I would be a disappointment to you by thinking that I was going to stab my father. And, yeah. you know, like, having, I've not stabbed my father, nor, nor, will, I, <laughs> nor will I stab him. <laughs> Just to make that clear. <laughs> Just to make that clear. Um, yeah. But I think Important. that that reaction of how you perceive your own behavior um, and your own sense of failure versus how other people see it and the uh, discrepancy between the two, that is so eminently relatable, it almost hurts. Because yeah. I know full well, like, I think stuff all the time. Well, not all the time, but, like, all the time. Oh, God, fucking God, I'm so useless. So in some way like that, you know, that kind of thing. But then people say, no, 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 that's not the case at all. I mean, heck, even if... Let's just go back to Aizoken. Like, the, you know, the the split between, like, how you view your own work uh, versus how other people view it. We do have a very self-depreciating nature about ourselves as humans in a lot of respects in terms of, like, you know what we do and what we create how we act so 
I again would like to applaud the episode for having that culminating moment not be that Sadie wanted to like quit Latranja because he was scared for his life or anything like that. Uh, not to say that he wasn't, of course, or, or even just generally afraid, but rather because it was a sense of shame that he felt about his yeah. actions and how he responded. Again, kudos to the show for like showing that kind of weakness in, but making, uh, you know, through Richard, making us understand it's, you know, okay, good thing he didn't actually do it. But his behavior is completely understandable given the circumstances. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I, it's also important, I think, to note, like, that he didn't, like, he, he quit because he did not want, like, he was ashamed of his actions, but he also didn't want his dad, like, tainting other people's. Coming from money, you know yeah, coming I mean? from money from, uh, from Richard. Mo- mooching off of him and, like, yeah. And he would probably feel more sort of secondhand shame and embarrassment, like, this is my dad doing this. Like, if I wasn't here, like, this, uh, all this bullshit would not be be happening. And it's just gross, and I hate myself. And, like, yeah, I mean, and I, I totally, I kind of really understand that impulse, I think, personally, that you just have this problem, and you feel like, you don't feel like other people can't help you so much as yeah you just you don't know if they can fully understand or you feel like you might be judged a little bit um and you feel ashamed that you even have this problem even though you didn't do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean but you still feel ashamed and embarrassed and um and so i mean that leads to a lot of like kind of enforced self-isolation um and yeah he's just kind of slowly cutting out parts of his life that are good because he doesn't want because like you said he's got the shame and he also he doesn't want to bring his dad near them and it's so sad i'm very sad for him and i'm very very uh if we overused word relatable but i I did feel a great sense of empathy for him and yeah you know it's so good that richard in that moment when he says when when sagi goes all the way because he didn't have to tell him yeah that he thought about stabbing his dad but he did and richard just smiles and uh, you know he smiles and says look you know i'm not disappointed in you like it, totally the opposite of that like i think you the fact that you didn't do it like you held fast and like you're incredible and i would want to be like you if i was reborn um <laughs> because i think you're this amazing guy who i really care about Again, ironic irony being, though, by saying that, Richard is also selling himself short. Funny how it all swings around, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Lex's question then coming from Kate. This is a, these are four questions, but I'm going to blend them all into one. Uh, looking it. back over the whole show, what were the moments you loved, moments you hated? Do you have a favorite character and why? And anything in particular you would have changed? My answer to this is identical for all four. And it is Tanimoto. And mm. I will explain. Because Tanimoto is one of my favourite female characters in anime at the moment. Like, she's just so lovely. And I wish I had. I wish I wish was as lucky as Seiji in meeting someone like her. Um, which is not to say that I haven't, of course. But, you know, I don't currently really have anyone like that in my life at the moment. Um, that was before the lockdown, by the way, folks. Like, I thought someone was going to respond to say, no shit, you're not leaving the house anytime soon. Um... But anyway, so yeah, like, she's a great character. But I think that what has been noted by uh, some of our patrons in our Jewel Richard chat is that she didn't 
get enough time in the show, both in terms of just being an active presence and also for her own sake as a character, because looking back on the episode around her and the uh, Aquamarine, I think that the criticism that was leveled, which one of our patrons said, and I kind of can't really disagree, is that she existed not necessarily so much as her own character, but more as a romantic interest strictly for um, Segi, which was not the case in the novel, as I understand it. Mm. And I would have liked more time to get more into her head and, like, you know, understand what it means for her going forward. I That's not to say that I didn't like the Aquaman episode, quite the opposite. I really, really enjoyed it. But I would be, a, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't understand that criticism that there just wasn't enough time devoted to her. Um, so I would have therefore liked to have seen more time with her, just in general, just have her be more, like, you know, more around more in various episodes. I understand that there are certain circumstances in which that's not possible, but also, like, okay, if I may speculate here, I'm going to assume that Tanimoto did not, like, you know, come to um, London with Seiji at the time that, you know, he flew over there, at least in the novel. But who's to say that that couldn't have been the case in the anime? Doesn't mean she needs to get, like, directly or intimately involved, but just having her, like, come with him to discuss things on the plane, you know, that kind of thing... I don't know, that's just me throwing out there a bit as maybe a, a little bit of wishful thinking. But I overall think that while she was one of my favourite characters in the show, if not the favourite for a variety of reasons, I also wish that we got more of her. And I don't just mean the sense of like to please me because I like her so much, but because I think that there was more that can be done with her specifically as a character and for her benefit specifically rather than serving someone else, specifically Seige. Yeah, I'm, how dare you steal my answer? <laughs> like, <laughs> screw you. Uh, no, I mean that's that's like the the super obvious one is. Uh, boy, I boy, I wish there was more. I mean, I there there was a. I felt like super invested in her at one point in the show, and um, I don't know. The show really kind of just brings her back here for like a you know a, a little little bit you, of a thing. Oh, and you know, you know nothing. You, you know, that's the thing I've just realized that I would probably criticize this episode for the most. Where's the send-off with her and Seiji? Like, we get a send-off between him and Richard, which makes perfect sense and is very well executed. Um, but could we not have had a quick scene of her seeing him off at the shop before he we goes in with the suit? We ain't got time for this hat bullshit. Cut it. Cut it. You made it sound like you'd just been smoking, like, two cigars back-to-back when you said that. That's right. It's me. Editor in chief of Jewel Richard, I'm here to get that gay shit in. Let's get it. <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, I wish there'd been a, a send off moment with her rather than just the last time we see her. Is now they think about it, Lee's really sour taste mouth. Like the last time we see her is uh, when Seiki yells at her. Yikes. Yeah. There were a lot of characters I I hated, but like not because they were not. Well, I don't know. Maybe Henry wasn't well written. <laughs> He's just sort of a ghost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, uh, I hated Jeffrey, but you were supposed to hate Jeffrey. Um, and I hated I, that piece of shit, Homura. I still do- <laughs> die. He was back in this episode, wasn't he? <laughs> I know. It's like, what? Are you, no. Why are you here again? Like, I'm, I was hoping that it would be a running joke that he was getting married to someone else now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. He's like, I'm coming to steal your job, Sagi. But actually, he was coming to be a business rival to Richard. And I'm like, oh, Richard's like, going to mop the floor with you, motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a commercial suicide right there. <laughs> yeah. Get, get ready to uh, to go under. Um, no, I, like, that's sort of performative. I don't really hate Homer. I, I uh, have a hard time shaking... Uh, him kind of the the thing that he did where he almost like married Tanimoto for the wrong reasons um was like i mean he just got the raw end of the deal from my perspective like in in terms of hate and love just because he's on the other side of that i you know he's not segi <laughs> so um uh maybe segi senpai <laughs> Where you know he never really got redeemed. I mean, yeah, like we know, like oh, he's he's had a hard life and shit. But like he was a real piece of work, wasn't he? Um, I mean, when you steal from the elderly, <laughs> it's it's pretty rough. Yeah, and they make he's shows got a lot about of shit that to work here, on. By the way, they, he's they got make a lot of shit to work yeah. on. They make shows uh, about that over here, by the way, where they compile <laughs> hidden camera footage of people stealing from the elderly no! and shaming and shaming them. Good. That is that's good. that's the that's the entire point. It's not to glorify it, but yeah, like he would totally feature on that. I could I could actually probably make a supercut of that to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, R- Richard ruled like it, he. I like him so much more than I thought I was going to. Um, not that like he gave off any bad vibes, but just coming off of Kabuchiko Sherlock Shadon. Or sorry, I did it. Kabuki Cho Sherlock. Oh, who cares? Uh, you don't have to bother pronouncing <laughs> that piece of coming shit off, <laughs> Coming off of Sherlock, I was like, I'm done with Sherlock characters. I'm done. And this is like the case file of, it's like a detective show, mystery, blah, blah, blah. It turned out sort of not really to be that, but like, I was like, oh, great. Another cool and distant know-it-all. Perfect. Um, which is just the proximity thing to the show. Nothing... To, to the other show. No, nothing wrong with the characterization of, of Richard, but, but I ended up loving that guy. And he ends up, like, he doesn't feel, like, cold at all um, or, or very distant. Like, he just sort of has his own unique way of doing things and his own way he expresses himself. But I feel like he's very warm and um, affectionate in his own way and, like, uh, pretty forthright with his feelings now at this point in the show which is mm. super cool and uh that guy rocks um so the questions were character you like character you didn't like one thing you would change and then what was the other one uh the other one was it like uh, a was, favorite moment or something uh moments you loved moments you hated favorite character and anything mm. you change um well i mean i listen i I I was almost on cloud nine when you know Tanimoto and Segi were like, we we called off the wedding to Homura, yeah. Why did we do it? Because I like to think it's not the right time. <laughs> oh, no, damn no. it! But damn I mean, it, Segi. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't know. Maybe he and Richard are meant to be together. Who knows? Um, nah, it's Richard and Tanimo. We know this. We know that's <laughs> we know that's the power ship of this show. Whenever Richard pretended to be like, what's this? Whenever he and Segi pulled up in like that fancy car to like, you know, Richard had the sunglasses on. Oh, seventies cop show. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, 
was so good to to like go in and like wreck the the shady business. That was amazing. Uh, that's going to be my Twitter header for a, for a while because it's just <laughs> too good. It is um, a good moment that it's really uh, good. May I may I add something what you with what you said about Richard? Just to it's not really a whole talking point, but oh sure, I do think that like a lot of anime have um, how do I put this. Power moves, shall we say. Like, they have things that you can point to. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kill the Kill is infamous for them. Uh, you know, <laughs> got, like, Marco doing the Hallelujah. We've got uh, Kirin Satsuki doing the heel click and all that. You know... The Gunbuster trigger- pose. Yeah. Tr- Trigger's the master of the power move. Uh, now, the reason I mention this is because I think that in helping give a show, like, a place in pop culture, um, it can be helpful, although you shouldn't be doing this unless it's appropriate, to, like try and put something like that in that gives it its own like unique flavor like this little moment that you can point to and like that's a thing i recognize and so between richard's uh, good for you and excellent and of course the leg crossing which the is the, the the mo- which is the moment you're about to get verbally destroyed i mean i'm surprised there wasn't like an explosion behind him every time he did that <laughs> there should have been you know that all the all the, uh, like, uh, all the who or something the who yeah, the who. yeah! yeah. <laughs> like you did a better job than I could. Wow. Um, but yeah, like I think that those moments help make it stick out even more. Like it's, I really find it's difficult to describe exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, insert your own. Well, there's no difference there. <laughs> Joke. But the the, the 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 point I'm making is that like I love those little moments that they seem to have taken from the novel and adapted and made their like the show's own thing. Like you know its own. Um, like I say, it's some kind of power move there that helps yeah. it stand out. To the point where we got a compilation of it on Twitter recently. Yes. With the leg crossing. That that was great. That was really it's as, great. It's, it's, as I, it's as I said in our Discord, like, you know, the reason that he changes from crossing left leg or right leg is it's like boxing. You gotta throw one left hook, you gotta throw a right hook. Exactly. You gotta keep your both. <laughs> Mix them you up. Keep, yeah, exactly. Um, right then, that brings us to the end oh, wait, of our... Can I... Oh, um, well, I just would say, what would I change? I would change episodes 10 and 11. I mean uh, nine and ten rather, um, and I would cut I would cut bits out from certain episodes in the middle to give, if not one, at least two more episodes. Maybe petition for a thirteenth episode, something to like give the fourth volume like room to breathe, because it really just it it really died a death. It like especially in that tenth episode. Um, yeah i I agree i would probably keep the end of the episode as is but as you say like maybe that would become the 13th episode and then the volume surrounding richard's you know history and him traveling back to england i would have made a full parter like i suggested like you know Mm -hmm. stretch it fully out i would have also potentially and i'm sure that the uh people into the novels might scream at me for this i'm in order to make space for this i would have probably then ended up dropping this case involving um the lady who looks after Richard when he was much younger, um, entirely. I get that there might be a parallel between uh, how he feels oh, about her right. and how um, Sagi feels about his uh, stepfather. You know that it's a it's a parallel it's a parallel idea of like you know how it's sure. not a question of like you know blood being what ties uh, families together, but more like you know um, nurturing uh, emotional bonds, like you know that kind of thing. But I think it may have been better if that was dropped to make space for that, so we could for the actual like f- real meat of it. 
because I feel like that should have been a titanic event in his life and it was kind of there and done with yeah I mean it's one thing to say that that part in the novels is uh essential but like I feel like the version of it we got in the anime probably could have been dropped pretty um pretty easily to make room for other things yeah exactly anything else to add on those doc no I think I think I have said my piece. I mean, I'll probably think of about four moments once we stop recording, but... Um. <laughs> are they are they going to be repeats of the same idea, which is that say you should have said something, anything to Tanimoto other than just... Sounding like Beaker from the Muppets if he's being drowned underwater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he also runs away like Beaker when he's in Paris as well. No, remember I, I that kid. time. Remember that time he offered a tissue to the the fighting garnet lady, and she just withered him with the look. <laughs> yeah, that turned him to dust. <laughs> I know you just got ethered with someone's eyes. Like, probably should go away now. <laughs> I'm surprised his head didn't explode scanner style. <laughs> uh, I know <laughs> scanner style. God, what a reference. Um, anyway uh that brings us then to the end of the patron questions so thank you patrons uh yeah thank you for everything basically thank you for supporting us through this thank you for giving us questions challenging us on the topics that we've uh, covered on here um introducing us to this show to begin with and just enjoying it with us like it's been a real pleasure going through this week on week with you all um so thank you very much for that right let's get to talking points uh doc do you want to go first or do you want me to take the reins on this one i mean i think you should take the reins because i feel like i have i have talked about actually a lot of things i wanted to talk about but uh go ahead all right so the first one i'm going to talk about uh is let's discuss the idea of seeking help uh versus fighting something on your own okay because i really appreciate how this episode resolves um say he's biological father although admittedly he should have been hit with a shovel but we can't always get what we want yeah, um, i've got a way to resolve him all right <laughs> oh I, I oh i do too it's uh you know it's called uh pushing him off a boat in the middle of the ocean <laughs> better learn to swim motherfucker yes, and then sink that boat uh, no don't sink the boat just drive the boat up through him you know like to go, make it a oh. long long u-turn it's like oh they're coming back to get me <laughs> Oh, oh, wait. Oh, shit. I mean, to be fair, Seiki's dad is a bit thick because Seiki goes shopping for a knife and he doesn't seem to notice why that is. Like, for what possible reason could he be getting a knife, uh, you know, Seiki Senior here? You know, is he going to, like, you know, cut your skull open and try and find a tiny little peanut of a brain inside? I see you're doing more cooking. That's good. Your dad. Are sure you is buying hungry. a knife? Yeah, I, I was gonna say is that what he was gonna? That to me feels like a joke line. He would have said like, "Oh, great! I, I'm looking forward to you making some uh, insert Japanese meal here." Um, all right. So anyway, here's the thing, right? I think that Segi's behavior in terms of like you know uh, climbing up um, and not wanting to seek help, I think that's an understandable reaction a lot of people would have. Um, particularly if you've been a victim of domestic abuse. Like, it's not easy to see an out. And it's not easy to see an out in a way that involves other people's help that also doesn't make you feel ashamed. Yeah. So, not to believe the point I've already said there. Um, but what happens in the end is that he does, you know, eventually see help from Richard. And Richard does help him. But the way that this all resolves, uh, Segi's actual father comes in um, and intervenes and says, right, you know, 
get lost, you're going to go through me. And Richard, of course, points out the legal ramifications that could be involved in this, you know, uh, restraining order and such. Uh, you see that cop on his phone right now playing <laughs> fake Grand Order? We could <laughs> alert him. <laughs> he could come uh, for you. Exactly. Um, so there's that. But would it be out of the realm of possibility, Doc, if I suggested to you that in an alternate version of these events, uh, it could theoretically be possible that Sagi never got out of the car and just let Richard and his actual father handle it? Oh, sure. I thought that was going to happen. Um, yeah, I, that I was would... really brave of him to like step out there, actually. Yes, because that would still have solved the problem, in my opinion. I think that his dad being the, you know narrow-minded shit biscuit that he is, uh, yeah. would have thought, oh god, the cops are going to be on to me, well I maybe should just be on my way. Uh, and then of course there's the fact that Sagi's actual father is like a good foot taller than him, when we would have yes, probably laid exactly. him out of this. Which again, it's very sad I didn't get to see, but well, what can you do? Uh, but, what I really appreciate about this uh, scene is that Sagi does go out and actually confronts him. And I think that's such an amazing answer to the question here. What do you do? Do you fight on your own or do you seek help? Because I think that there's a case to be made that you should be in some way able to self-determine, you know, be self-reliant, take actions on your own. You can't always necessarily rely on others. Not saying you shouldn't seek help, of course. That's not my message here. But the episode through having Sagi step forward and say, no, I've had enough of you, Dad. Piss the fuck off. I think that that actually gels the two approaches together and says you can do both. You can um, seek the help of others, but it doesn't make you a lesser person for doing so. You still have an opportunity to show strength in, in, in doing so, you know, and put forward, hey, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So I'm glad that it went about that way rather than just having it be solved with Seiji being sat in the car and watching from a distance, which, as I say, in terms of the actual narrative... Sure, I can see that, you know, sending his dad packing. But I think that it was important for him as a person, important for the audience that goes to show that, you know, if you can, you should also definitely stick up for yourself. Like, use your friends to give you, a like, a boost to get started on that. Do both. Seek help, but, you know, also be confident enough in yourself to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, I think there's, like, a difference between, like asking others to help you do something and having others do something for you. Yes. Um, and not to say that, again, in this particular instance, I think Segi would be well within his uh, rights to seek help and just say, like, hey, at this moment, I can't do it at all. And I'm, I, I'm going to rely on you to help me take care of it for now. Um, knowing his dad, uh, though, I think... I think there's probably a chance that he thinks to himself, well, I just need to get along with Segi when he's not around these assholes. Then I can get to him. But Get my claws in. Yeah, but it's great that like he kind of stepped out. Um, again, not that he had to, but like I think that it is really great that he did step out and like on the shoulders of his friends to be like, look, fuck you, dude. Um, I'm sick of your shit. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I'm not alone anymore. And, you know, you it's it's now me and my loved ones, uh, I you know, and that's that's in him packing, hopefully for good. And um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't like I mean, Segi is self-reliant to a fault, right, because he's a hero, like even, you know, he, he's not even sort of thinking about this in terms of like, why don't I just follow the, my own advice that I gave Richard? 
you know, because like you said, this seems like such a different thing to him and he's in his own head and there's all the shame associated with it. And he's been a hero since he was a kid, like a sort of someone that wanted to uh, sort of sacrifice himself to help other people. So it's very sort of in his nature to take everything onto himself. And he's had to learn throughout the show, like, what it means to like share your burdens with other people and how healthy that is and how you can be stronger because of that. And also other people are not going to resent you. Like they will, they'll actually bring you closer together doing that. And Mm. so, yeah, I was super into the way that this played out. Um, And I am glad that sort of the inverse of what happened with the whole London trip happened here and Richard got to pay it back. Sounds not quite right, but got to, um, affirm their friendship. Yeah. Got to be, um, got to be the person going out on a limb for Sagi in the way that Sagi stuck his neck out for Richard. Like it was very reciprocal, uh, and, and cool that we got to see all that. I agree. I agree. Great scene, all in all, and a good, um, good finale for the show. But not the uh, actual finale, I suppose I should say. Rather, um, I do want oh, to can sp- I, speak before we move yes. on from that. Really quickly, I just wanted to say, like, you know, in my head canon, it's not just Richard and Segi's father. Tanimoto's also there with like oh, a, she a pep- should have been a pepper spray. And she's like twirling her purse, like you just take one step forward, you bastard! I will clock you. I could just see her there holding up a taser and just like pressing the button, yes. so the little electricity comes out. Like, this is a warning, dickhead. I have a lar- large gemstones in my bag, and I will hit you with it. Oh, she's gonna do the Rinto Saka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Throw, throw gems in, they explode. <laughs> I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I would be sure. entirely all right with that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I was going to talk about the actual final scene in which Sagi okay. uh, gets sued and booed, but do you have anything else you want to add firstly, Doc? No, you go first. Go ahead. All right. Um, I agree with you. Sagi looks sharp as fuck. Woo. He, Woo. He, I, was, I was cut. I was cut watching this moment. But do you know what I really, really appreciate about all this? Like, And I think this ties in again with the idea of the gemstones and such in general, is that what we see here is Segi as a more refined version of himself, finally, after all this time. Because he has been learning and growing throughout the show's run, um, even to this very end episode. And not only is he wearing the cufflinks that show rebirth, which, again, this is all nice. pretty clear-cut. They look mm-hmm. good. But do you know what I really, really liked about this scene? The photograph that gets taken, because it's just him, like, you know, looking all sharp and dapper. <laughs> but then but then it's very him, just like, oh, yes! Like that. Yeah, like, yeah. And it feels and like such to, a moment... Um... It is. It's like, it's the yes pose, but it's also a pose because the pictures for his dad, he wants to show his cufflings off for his pop, you know, that he yeah. bought him. Like, check them out. Don't they look great? <laughs> so these cute. Are, these are amazing. But yeah, it felt like such a saggy thing to, for him to do that. And so I was very grateful that they showed off of that final uh, part there where, hey, you know what? It is still the same dark we've known throughout this show's run, but he's our dark now. And he's a better dark than he was when he started. Both in terms of how, it, like, his visual representation, he's looks sharper, he's more confident in himself, he knows more. Like, yeah, a great send off uh, for him. And, I mean, you yeah. know, the also fact the that, ending. Uh, oh, Sorry, wait, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, no, you first, Doc. I, I'm going to close out on this point uh, next up. Okay, well, I was just going to say the fact that he got to say, like, right there, you know, if I was to be reborn, uh i would i i would be happy to like 
be reborn as like as Segi, like because my because I have, I have I have a good life, and I know good people, and I feel loved, and I love other people, and it's great. And that was just such a, a amazing. Like I mean, I know it only all this happened within the space of an episode, so it might feel a little forced, but like it was so good that like earlier in the episode. They were looking at that gym and talking about rebirth with Homura. And, uh, you know, (laughs) fucking, he was like, uh, well, how, hey, Seiki, (laughs) hey, buddy, how about you? Uh, I'm going to ignore the look on your face and the fact that you're not participating in this conversation and may be troubled and ask you a very personal question. Did um, I also tell you that I'm engaged again for the sixth time this month? I talked and talked about Kanimoto. Drop it like flies. (laughs) Drop it like flies, I tell you. I've, um, like you. How about uh, rebirth? And Seiji's just like, uh, you know, I don't want to be anybody but me. And Richard, of course, is just like, oh man, I'm gonna file this away for later. My friend needs needs help. He's in trouble. And uh, you know, Homura, you know, of course, like you don't want to get involved in Seiji's business or whatever. But it was just the most insensitive reply. It was just the most like brushing under the rug. Like, well, there seems to be a personal problem here, but. Let me sidestep this completely and say, what's the matter, Nakatakun? Are you just tired? <laughs> okay, oh, let's yeah. talk about gems again. Um, oh, boy. So, um, uh, yeah, But, like, from there, where he says, like, I would rather be anyone but myself if I was reborn. Like, because he's got this, like, anchor, his father, mm. like, weighing him down, um, ruining his life uh, to, like you know, months later after he passes his exams saying like, I really like my life a lot. Like that's such a really satisfying, um, really satisfying arc within the episode and for the character as a whole. Like, it's his coming of age ceremony, he says, and it mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm. fitting for what, everything that he's been through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I'll end out, uh, I'll end this discussion on is, um, I banged my drum on this so many times, but I'm glad to see this element repeated with this show is that we get the endless ending thing again where we close out with seeing them waiting, like laying another customer in. So there's going to be more cases. Like we won't see them in the anime proper, but we can imagine them coming. I know that for the people who've <laughs> who've listened to, the, sorry, who've read the novel, that's like they're screaming at me right now for saying that. But I do like how it ends that, hey, you know what? Like, they're in a better place in their lives and they can continue doing what they've done best throughout this show's run, which is, you know, here's someone comes in, here's a case. Let's look through it and let's learn something in the process, you know. I like those endings so much, I really do. So I'm glad that this uh, show also similarly ended in that way, much as it did with Azokin. Yeah, I'm kind of happy, like, with with the spot that it landed in because of those kind of two final arcs for richard and then for segi um kind of inversely parallel each other um you know they one's playing role a the other's playing role b and then they switch roles um so that that felt really good and i like the place that they each end up in and i like the place that they're in together and um i you know i just kind of have resigned myself to like that tanimoto will just sort of be what she is and She's not mm. even part of this, like, whole second half of the episode. So the show is clearly just going, like, shrug. <laughs> like, what's really important. Big, sh- big shruggo. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of, I'm not like, glad that it's over seems strong. But, like, like I think, I, I think I'm kind of all set for now. I think I'm good. I think 
I can wait a little bit for more of this material. And I would love it if we got the books or we um we got more of the anime, but like um they got a longer time either more episodes or they chose to cover like less of the material per 12 episode kind of run or whatever. Um, yeah. And I, but I'm, I'm willing, I'm very okay with like waiting like a year and a half or two years or whatever for this to come back. I think by then I'll be ready for more Jula Richard, but, um, but, but with what we got, um, I am, I'm satisfied with it. I thought it was a good show. Um, it peaked very high for me emotionally. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, like despite the kind of um, missteps that I think it made um, in its adaptation, uh, I think that for the most part, um, it was really good and I don't regret it at all. And I'm, I'm no, really absolutely. happy we watched it. Yep. Well, I um, I said my piece at the very start of the podcast, um, so I'm going to sum up my thoughts very quickly by quoting the show itself. Excellent. <laughs> that took a moment for you to drop, didn't it there, Doc? You, you, you were there like a question mark, but you're like, what? Well, you know, because I'm on Wi-Fi, I was like, surely something dropped, like, and I just have missed part of it. Wait for Shadon to come back in. He's probably in the middle of the sentence, but nope, that was it. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, no, this was, this is very good. And, um, you know, God bless you, Jeweler Richard. Uh, I hope that the novels, uh, come to America or become easily accessible in some way. And, um, you have treated us well. You've served us the royal milk tea, your pudding. We've partaken and enjoyed. And, uh, now it is time to move on, uh, to, to other things. And we will miss you, uh, and yeah, good for you. Good for you indeed. Right, um, if, I think that concludes everything for this podcast then. So Doc, uh, take us out if you would please, mate. I will. So thank you, Shadon. Thank you, listeners. Um, our dear and lovely patrons, uh, you are always appreciated. We hope that uh, patrons, you and all listeners really uh, are staying safe and uh, keeping well. Um, if you would like to get a hold of the patron first content, then as I said at the beginning, head on over to patreon.com slash show, and you can read all the finer details uh, of what you get uh, there. Um, and if you uh, are not able to financially support us, or heck, just don't think we're good enough, but you still listen for free, because that's how you roll, uh, or as I said, you just are not able to financially support us. That is okay too. You are all valid, and we appreciate you. We see you. Um, and if you want to to support us um, uh, for free, you can always like, subscribe, follow, share, give us a review. The old five snake review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. Uh, we are on. Google, Podcasts, Podcatchers of All Varieties, Pocket Casts, Podcast Republic, um, Radio FM. Oh, no, it's Last FM. Um, <laughs> pretty much anywhere that you find the pods, Waterway Desh Show is there. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you'd like to interact, at Waterway Desh Show. 
send us an email if you'd like to give us a long uh, screed uh, or just a long series of compliments. Um, WateryDeshow at gmail.com is our inbox. And Shadon, if people want to interact with you on Twitter personally, how would they do so? Well, you'd pick up your phone, or you may be doing this on a desktop computer, in which case you go to www.twitter. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me at Shaden Tencen, and just feel free to hit me up about anything. Uh, slide into my DMs, casually please. Not like, you know, don't burst in through the window. But yeah, uh, feel free to hit me up about anything. Uh, I'm at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter, if you would like to at me. And uh, for now... We say goodbye to Jula Richard, and we're not yet entirely sure. There's still one more day to vote in the polls for patrons. Uh, what's coming up on this series, second stream, um, on Stream of Thought, our main uh, flagship show, the free show, you can listen to. Uh, we'll be covering um, listeners, the new MAPPA anime that is uh, going to start airing soon. But in this space, um, we're unsure. Uh, but you will know very soon. Uh, but until as then, long as it's not another isekai, for fuck's sake, I it will not be. We have oh. we have structured Whew. the poll such that that will not be the case. Um, but yeah, until until then, until next time. Uh, he is Shadon. I am the subtle doctor. This has been Watery Desho. Signing off, saying, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Take care and good night.